Welcome everyone to Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I'm the host of this podcast and the creator of Balance by Megan. On this podcast, we talk about all things yoga, wellness, health, and spirituality with guests from around the world. So grab your crystals, grab your essential oils, and let's dive into it. Just the outlet, again, that like you said, that they have to get away from their desk and be able to relax into a space. And some of them even said, like, I feel like a person again. I don't feel like a job title when I'm in your class. Welcome back to another episode of Balance Your Life. My name is Megan Farrell. I am the host of this podcast. I'm the creator of Balance by Megan, an international yoga and meditation teacher, as well as an international retreat leader. If you have been listening to this show for a while, thanks for joining us once again. That was a clip from our guest of the show, Teresa Baranato. Teresa is a corporate yoga and business owner in the South Jersey, Philadelphia area. She primarily teaches full-time in a corporate environment and has a passion for employee and workplace wellness. When she's not teaching yoga in person, she's behind the camera filming classes for her online yoga membership. Teresa is an open book who is willing to talk about the ups and downs of being a full-time yoga teacher, her history with mental health and self-care, and how she's continuing to grow as a person and as a yoga teacher. On this episode, we talk about what yoga in the workspace looks like as far as structure, time and space, the benefits of implementing yoga in the office, including reducing tension headaches from being at a computer and reducing back pain from sitting all day. And she's also giving you three poses that you can do right now to counter stiffness from driving or working at your desk all day. Before we dive into today's episode, though, a quick few announcements. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mala Prayer. Mala Prayer was established with the goal of creating high-quality, handmade mala bead necklaces, bracelets, and wellness items with an emphasis of empowering women around the world. Each purchase provides women entrepreneurs access to microfinance loans to invest in their business, community, and homes. You can use my code BALANCEBYMEGAN20 to receive 20% off of your order. That's BALANCEBYMEGAN20 for 20% off of your order. If you follow me online and you check out my morning routine, you'll know that I use a lava stone mala necklace for my daily affirmations, and it came from Mala Prayer. I have so many of these necklaces. They are so gorgeous and lucky for you they ship worldwide so make sure that you follow the link in the show notes and get 20% off of your order this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the clear connected and confident ceo this is my method to launching a spiritual business in 12 weeks Did you know that you can create a spiritual business that lights you up and makes you feel alive with a little guidance and help? You're over the feeling of being unclear on your life purpose, being in a job you hate, and watching everyone else live their dream life. Right now, you feel excited to start something, but feelings of terror, overwhelm, and fear of failing keep you stuck frozen and unable to take that next step. You have a story to share, but you're terrified to share it thinking others will judge you. You're scrolling Instagram, feeling unworthy of starting your business since it seems everyone else is doing what you want to do and you wonder if there's room for you and your business as well. You feel very unclear of what you, of what you want to even offer. Your head is overflowing with ideas, but you have no idea where to start or if it will be successful. 
You feel like you can't justify investing in yourself and your business. You're barely covering your expenses. You never treat yourself and going into debt terrifies you. You have no idea where to start when it comes to building a website, starting an email list or posting on social media. It all seems so overwhelming and you don't know where to start or the tools to use. Babe, I want you to imagine this instead. You're confident in what you have to offer because it's awesome and you know you have a unique offering that makes people attracted to you and wanting you and your services. You are crystal clear on your offerings and how to connect with your ideal client so they race to sign up for your services. You have a loving relationship with your money and know how to manifest more whenever you desire. You know the more you invest in yourself, the more it pays off, always, and the more people will invest in you. You are taking action towards living your best life fearlessly and know this is your life, so why not make it the best effing life you could ever have? So if this feels like you, I want to hop on a call with you, make sure that this is the right fit for you. You can find all of this information on my website. I will also link it below in the show notes, or you can always send me an email, info at balancedbymegan, M-E-G-H-A-N.com, and we can set up a time to chat. You can ask me some questions through email. I want to make sure that this is the right program for you and that you and I are a great fit. So make sure that you follow the link in the show show notes to get all of that information. Without further ado, please welcome Teresa to the Balance Your Life podcast. Welcome to the show, Teresa. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to be talking to you. Yeah, this is so exciting. Can you let our listeners know where in the world you are currently joining us from today? I am in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, or just like South Jersey area. Kind of it's, if anybody doesn't know where that is, it's just sort of right outside of like Philadelphia on the East Coast. Okay, so you're not too far. Like I'm just in Toronto. So you're kind of, we're in the same kind of ballpark area ish. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. So can you let our listeners know what it is that you do for a living? So I am a corporate yoga teacher. I do that pretty much full time, but I also do online yoga. Um, So I have my own online yoga membership where a lot of the students that I teach in these corporate offices, I don't really teach at like a studio right now. So they've always kind of asked me like if there's any way that they can take my classes, you know, outside of work. So I decided to create an online yoga membership and that's pretty much what I do full time. It's just a hopping a lot around between filming and teaching classes in person. That's so amazing. And I want to talk about corporate yoga because I think it's, it seems like it's an emerging space right now. I know it's, it is and it isn't. I think people are talking about it a lot more now. They're a lot more accepting of it because they know how good it is to invite yoga and wellness into the workplace. I think, you know, I see there's some companies and probably more of your Fortune 500s where like that is very primarily like they want their employees to be happy. So they kind of get it. But we're now seeing smaller companies that are like, okay, I know that if I want my employees to take less sick time or less stress leave, then I have to give them an outlet or a way in which to do that. So how did you get started working in corporate yoga? How did this journey start for you? 
Well, it actually started with my dad. <laughs> he uh, was working at an office where they were doing yoga, like on a video. So they work, like my dad works for like a government contracting company. So they were doing yoga, like in a computer lab. And he had mentioned to the person that was organizing that, that I was a yoga teacher and, you know, I was still fairly new at yoga. I really only taught like one time. <laughs> and that was for like a grand opening of a Reiki studio that was like opening up nearby. So I really did not have a lot of experience teaching. So he asked if I would come in and teach. And I was just like, yeah, that sounds interesting. Like I didn't really know if I pictured, if that's what I pictured for starting like my yoga career. But I was like, eh, you know, they need yoga too. Like I'll, I'll make it work. And that's how it began. And I am still to this day, I started teaching with them in like 2016. Uh, and uh, they are still going strong. Um, they really love having somebody in person because, you know, I can look at their bodies and help with alignment and give suggestions. It's a lot different from doing, you know, yoga with a video. So that's how it all began. Like shout out to dad. <laughs> and, uh, and then it kind of, I realized you know, how much they really enjoyed it. And just through networking in the, in the wellness world at the time, I was also a massage therapist. I don't do that anymore just because it's, it's a lot to do both of those things at the same time, quite honestly. So through meeting different people in the area that are in the wellness community, I was sort of hooked up with my next gig. So then I had two corporate clients. I was massaging about four days a week. And then I realized like, I really enjoy this and there's such a need for it. And I wasn't really seeing a lot of like corporate wellness in terms of like yoga in my area. Um, I didn't know of any other yoga teachers that were doing it. And, you know, I, I wasn't really at a studio, like I was kind of hopping around. There was a studio I was with for a certain period of time, but eventually, unfortunately they closed. So I just thought like, this would be a great thing to get into because it seems like I'm the only one that's doing it. And from that point, I started collecting like testimonials from students that I was already teaching for the offices that, that I was at. And their testimonials is really what propelled me to just go all in and hustle and try to get more corporate clients. Because I just, from their testimonials, of course, they said like a bunch of nice things about me, which of course was nice. But just the outlet, again, that, like you said, that they have to get away from their desk and be able to relax into a space. And some of them even said, like, I feel like a person again. I don't feel like a job title when I'm in your class. And I was just like, that is unbelievable and so inspiring. So I just kind of, that was the motivation. That's all I needed. Like, then I just ran with it. And I've pretty much maintained all the clients that I've had um, since I've had them. So it's been, it's been a really good run. Of course, I'm always looking to fill more spots in my schedule, but overall, like I love the job. <laughs> it doesn't even feel like a job, but I love to teach in this environment for sure. Yeah. Shout out to dad for uh, helping yeah. you get on that path. That's so amazing. There's so many different ways that I want to take this. The first route, I guess I kind of want to back up onto is what made you decide to get your yoga teacher training? Were you always into yoga? Was it kind of just you'd been doing it for a bit and you knew you wanted to teach it or maybe you didn't even have an intention of teaching? I, in the beginning, 
I really liked, and I even said this on um, Amanda's Kingsmith's podcast, that I really liked the aesthetic of yoga. That's really what attracted me to it. I mean, and who wouldn't? It's a beautiful practice. Each pose in itself has its own like beauty to it. And each person like has their own style. And I was really attracted to, you know, the aesthetic and, and everything like that. And I remember my first yoga class, I went with a bunch of my girlfriends and we were like, we got to try hot yoga. <laughs> so we went to a 90 minute hot yoga class. And from that moment, I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is amazing. Like I, I, I'm definitely being challenged. Like I was like, I don't know who says yoga is easy. This is, you know, pretty challenging. <laughs> and, um, but the thing that really stuck out to me the most was how honest the teacher was. I don't even remember exactly what she said, but just she spoke so freely about her feelings. And I was like, what is this concept? <laughs> I was like, who does this? <laughs> but it was intriguing to me. Like at that time, I was pretty like, you know, protective of my feelings and I held in a lot. And hearing hearing somebody else speak so freely about theirs, I, that was like a big draw for me into the yoga, you know, world. And then I decided to get into teacher training simply because I I really wanted to go through that experience. And the idea of being a yoga teacher like sounded very interesting to me, but in reality, like after yoga teacher training, I was also going through college at the time. I didn't teach for like a full year after I did my teacher training because I was genuinely recovering from the stress that was doing teacher training and college at the same time. It, it, it just has evolved so much since, you know, I started training. And even when I was doing training, I never pictured myself teaching or it didn't feel right at the time. And I think it's just because I had a lot going on. But now there was something that just pulled me to the training, like something that was like, you just have to do this. I don't know what's good. Like, a, a deeper wisdom, I, I like to call it, that was like, I don't know what you're going to do with this, but you just need to go. And it was challenging, but very healing and eye-opening and changed the course of my life. Yeah, I know. I feel the same <laughs> way about my yoga teacher training too. And it's funny because you said like the aesthetic is what drew you in. And it sounds so shallow to myself even saying it now. But for me, that was like very much why I'm like, I want to do handstand on a beach. I want to nail Yeah. I want to be one of those Instagram famous people who does yoga everywhere. Dude, I mean, when I, like the, how I really like, I, I got to say like yoga girl, Rachel Brayton was definitely like one of the first people I saw. And I was like, she just teaches yoga for a living. Like, I was like, uh, who wouldn't want that life? So, <laughs> so I definitely think that that had like a big influence on me. And at the time, like the jobs that my field had were, you know, giving me the option for just didn't seem very appealing to me, but I knew I wanted to be working with people. I wanted to be somewhat hands-on. So that's, that's kind of also the other reason why I went into teacher training. Cause I was like, look, at least if I don't like my field, I can, I have a backup, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And your field has, would have been massage therapy. So I went to college for health and exercise science. Okay. So with that, I, I essentially kind of use, you know, what I learned in that, you know, program now. 
you know, I did a lot of like how to implement a health program into a corporate environment. So I have already that experience under my belt. So selling, selling, but bringing yoga to corporate offices isn't something that's necessarily unfamiliar because I learned how to implement any kind of program into a wellness or corporate field or whatever. But yeah, like I, then I went to massage school. So it was college. It was, well, it was college and yoga teacher training. And then again, I, I wasn't really a huge fan of like my options. So I was like, well, massage school sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, it sounds like it sounds like it was very in flow, like health and exercise science. Like I can see how that would have led you into yoga and massage therapy. I did like a 360. People are still like, well, what do you do for a living now? Because like I came very much from a, I worked uh, in management for a background. So for a private investigative and security firm management in a background screening department. So like we dealt with <coughs> people are like, Whoa. And you, do, yeah. <laughs> um, like I dealt with like criminal background checks and terrorism and we did finger I was a fingerprinting technician so that confuses people oh my <laughs> yeah. people are like and now you teach yoga I'm like it it all comes back 360 right I was so stressed out all the time and yoga was my outlet so taking it back to dad says hey Teresa how would you like to teach yoga here you're a yoga teacher we're already doing yoga it would be really cool to have somebody in person teaching it for us I want to acknowledge that they were doing it online first like how awesome is that they didn't let the (laughs) fact that there was not one person who could teach them do it online and I think that's absolutely incredible but then you come in and I can see how having somebody here to you know answer my questions when I'm when I'm teaching the one thing about being online is it's so great that we have such a great reach but I can't ask you a question if my knee joint is hurting while I'm doing a certain pose. Is it because I'm not doing it right? Or is it, you know, a reciprocal factor? Like what's going on here? So how was the initial feedback when you came in? Were people super open to you coming in and doing yoga with them? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, anything was kind of, you know, the video was good, but anything was better than like not having a teacher there, like having somebody there, you know, and you're always going to get those people that are like intimidated by the idea and maybe are a little like cautious and everything like that, a little shy, I'll even say, but you know, you, it's like teaching at a studio in terms of establishing, establishing that relationship with your students Um, you know, opening a dialogue and allowing them to even have the opportunity to ask you questions. I always like to stay after, you know, class for a little bit. So if somebody has a question that they don't want to ask, either in the middle of class or before that they can always hang out and ask me after. So I'd say overall, it's definitely very well received. And again, it's like teaching at a studio, not every like teacher at a studio you're going to vibe with. So, but for the most part, I think I've had the pretty much a very consistent line of the same students that come in with a few new ones here and there. Yeah, that's so awesome. So how does it work? Do you come in on a weekly basis to them at lunchtime? Is it after work? Is it an hour that they get you for? Like, how does, how does it work for you to come in and teach them? Every company is different. So with my dad's company, just to give an example, they have an hour for lunch 
and uh, it's kind of flexible. Like anybody can really take their lunch whenever, like some companies are much more strict about their lunch hours. Um, pretty much where my dad works, you could take your lunch hour at any time, but for, for everybody, like I was able to get, you know, based on what everybody wanted, the time and the day that worked best for them. And if it worked best for me, great. So I teach them in the middle of the day and I really try to get in a full hour. They're a little bit more laid back. So if we start a little bit later, if I have to end a little earlier, like, you know, it's not a big deal. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> some companies, some companies I teach 40 minute classes. So like one, one other company is a mortgage company. I'll, I'll get there at like 12. The class will start at 12:10 and end at 12:50 because some companies require that time for students to get changed and then do the class and then get changed and get back to their get desk. So some companies prefer that buffer um, of time before and after, and some companies do 40 minutes. I I really don't see anything less than that to them. It doesn't seem worth it. But most of the, my classes are in the afternoon and then I have one class that I teach after work. So that's like a 5:15 to 6:15 class. So that's kind of like how my schedule is laid out. Okay, perfect. This is so awesome. I want to dive a little bit into a little bit of the logistics and kind of like what a routine for this looks like. So if anybody's listening and they go, "Hey, like I would love to have somebody come in and teach yoga at lunchtime or maybe after work." you know, I want to know, like, how can I maybe pitch this to my superiors, or maybe I am a superior, and I want to invite somebody in. Do you like, I'm assuming it would be super nice to have an open space area for yoga. But do you have any clients that's like, hey, no, like we have a little conference room, and that still really works. I just tend to do like chair stuff with them or, you know, smaller movement. So I'll leave it with one that first question, because then I want to ask a couple of after like, does it make a difference for you to have like a big space or can you also get things done in like a small conference room too? Yeah, that's a great question too. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> it also depends on the amount of people that I get. For my my mortgage company, the they're going through a lot of changes right now and anybody who's going to work in corporate uh, you have to expect that because companies are constantly changing. And right now my class size is pretty small. So it's funny that you say this because just today we had to shift our room. Usually I'm in a really big, like open, it's not a conference room. I guess it's like a presentation room. And we had to move into like a super tiny, like closet. <laughs> but because I only had two two girls, like we were all in there and it was fine and we made it work. And most of the time I like, I personally really try not to get tripped up if they have to move me around because I'm like, I just want to flow like water because it just, the students get frustrated, but I'm like just the one that's the peacemaker. But I've taught in computer labs, furniture showrooms, conference rooms, storage closets, like as long as there's enough space to fit everyone. Yeah. You'll definitely have to modify like your class a little bit. You know, there's not going to be a lot of like maybe windmilling of the arms or sweeping the arms out like eagle arms or, you know, airplane wings or anything like that. You kind of have to adjust to the room that you're in. But for the most part, you really could work with any type of space as long as you can move stuff. And it's just generally safe. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. I wanted to, just in case anyone was like, no, I don't have the space. I wanted to like nip that in the butt and be like, I feel like as long as you have enough room that people aren't shoulder to shoulder, like you could get some movement in. And I also think there's a misconception that it's all this like big flowy movement. So what does a typical, let's just say a 40 minute class, because I think that's doable for people to do, you know, maybe they don't have a full hour or like you said, maybe they need like 10 minutes to like whip down some lunch or something after a class. So what does a typical 40 minute class with you look like? Is there breathing involved? Are you doing like some stretches? Are you sitting down in the chair the whole time? So most of my classes are on the mat. There's only one class that I teach where I have one individual in a chair and the rest are on a mat. And I've been working with her for a while. So if I cue something on the mat by now, she knows how to do it in the chair, which is really awesome. She's great. But yeah, I really try to emphasize like they do enough sitting in the chair. I definitely want to make it accessible. And if somebody needs that, they can absolutely let me know and I can accommodate. But you're doing enough sitting in the chair. So I really like to get students, you know, out of the the desk mindset even changing their clothes. Like I feel like that ritual is really good for people um, and rolling out their mat and getting on the floor. So if I, if I can start on time, which is <laughs> not always easy, but um, you know, I make do, I do like maybe five to 10, 10 is pushing it minutes of like centering, breathing, uh, just allowing them to drop into their bodies, to let go of the first half of the day. And then I really, I don't plan my classes. I just kind of see how the students feel when they come into the room. If they're very chatty, (laughs) which I love, I will definitely bring them down into a centering because clearly their, you know, their minds are going and I just want to settle them down. If they seem a little tired, sometimes I'll even match that. But a lot of the times I'll do the opposite. So I'll be like, all right, let's get in tabletop position or, you know what, let's just go right into downward facing dog. Like, it, it truly depends on, you know, if it's the same amount of students I have and they kind of know how I teach. If any new student comes in, I always treat it like sort of a beginner class just to kind of make sure that they're able to do everything and feel included and, you know, it feels accessible to them as well. So, yeah, most of the time it's on the mat uh, unless somebody specifically says otherwise. But and then there's always time. I always leave time for Shavasana. That's like everybody's favorite. So <laughs> you definitely don't want going to skimp out on Shavasana time if at all possible. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, no, everybody, it, it's so funny. I'm like, the the more I become like ingrained in this yoga world and like do it myself too, I still very much love like a good workout type of yoga flow, but I'm like, oh my God, Shavasana, like, can we just extend it? But like, five more minutes, like, it's just, yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's so nice to just, it, it almost forces you to be quiet and to be still when otherwise like have you ever been to a class where like the teachers are like and namaste and they leave like the moment the class is done and I'm like no student is going to take the time to like lay there but they need it yeah I that happened just like the last class I haven't been to a lot of like studio classes I've really been doing a lot of stuff at home uh because I was also like sick the last couple weeks but I, I noticed that it was like, you know, a power flow class and like, she just dipped. And I was like, I was also, it was such a crowded class. I was right next to the door. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not getting a Shavasana. It's not happening. Like, cause people have to leave and I'm right in front of the door. 
<laughs> so I totally understand. And again, especially in the, in this environment, like, you know, they, they need that. They need it so, so much. And you couldn't, I mean, you could really do a lot with 40 minutes. I, I've, I've heard, I've had a, a yoga friend of mine say, oh, you know, what's the point if it's not an hour? And I'm like, no, you could, you could do a lot in 40 minutes. And there are times I'm like, all right, you guys want to do core? You want to yeah. do like planks? You want to do, you know, like little pulsing crunches? Like, let's get into it. And, you know, I never, I never want anybody to leave sweating because that's like, nobody wants to go back to their desk feeling like that. Yeah. But by the time we pick up that heat, you know, it's time for Shavasana. So that's, yeah. that's why I, I really try to find this like almost bell curve, I guess, of warming up, getting into it, maybe creating a little fire and heat and then bringing you right back down. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. I can make you sweat in like 20 minutes and you'll be wishing that that class was you know, <laughs> a little bit short. Oh, yeah. It's, I th- yeah, I, I hear people say that too. Sometimes it's like, it's gotta be 60 minutes or 75 on like, you can do a 30 minute class and like, be like, holy crap. Like that was a workout. That was really good. And sometimes too, like having worked in corporate myself, like you and I both know the benefits of just stretching the body midway through the day or after the day. Like it doesn't always have to be this workout. Sometimes it's like a couple of poses, but you're just like working out the kinks of the body. So I think this is a really nice segue to say, I would love, you don't have to share personal names or anything, but I would love for you to share with our listeners some of the, maybe the testimonials that you have heard that people have benefited from doing yoga in the corporate office. Like, what have you heard? What has like been like, wow, like that is so amazing. I know you shared before some people feel like a human being, which I think is so vital. And I think that's really important. Uh, Is there anything else that you're like, wow, like I would really like people to know this is what corporate yoga has done for their employees. Uh, I mean, you know, if you know anything about the benefits of yoga in general, it's really the same thing. And that just goes to show it doesn't matter where you do it. It's just that you do it. You know, I've heard students say their, you know, their back pain was not as intense. They slept better. You know, their chest feels more open. I I just, I get a lot of, you know, my hip pain isn't bothering, bothering me as much. I mean, any kind of complaint that someone would have about like the corporate lifestyle, even the strain on the eyes, that's something I always am. like, I'm sad to hear that, but I'm happy to hear that I helped with that is, you know, I try to really dim the the room because they're staring at this blue light computer for eight hours. Um, so to be able to, again, pull them away from the computer and just, you know, give them an eye pillow and send them into a 10 minute Shavasana, if that's what the mood calls for, I'm like more than happy to do that. Uh, because the strain on the eyes really it gives them tension headaches, you know, it makes them feel more tired. Like it's just there's so many negative effects of staring at blue light. Um, and I've even recommended things like you know blue light glasses and things like that just to help them like outside of the yoga practice, because that's a really big one that people don't necessarily think about. Because you know yoga is about the physical, and we think about our physical stature when we're sitting at our desk and our rounded shoulders and you know, even our lung capacity, we can't breathe in a full breath because we're crunched down. So I I tell them just a couple things, you know, to get away from the desk, close your eyes, like take a break from your eyes, sit up tall, like 
draw your shoulders back so that you can get that full expansive breath. You know, even me, I'm like sitting on the ground right now and I'm like kind of, <laughs> that's terrible, but everybody does it. We all kind of drop into this like shoulders down uh, space. So it's really important to like sit up tall. So those are just a couple of the things that I've heard, you know, corporate students say to me and said that they've felt relief from. Yeah. That's so good. I really want that to like, just like ingrain with people in bed with people. Do you know who Brendan Bouchard is? Have you heard of him before? I want to say yes, but I don't know who, who, okay. who is he. <laughs> so in case anyone want, like, is like, I don't know who he is either. He's a high performance coach. He's one of the most. Oh, I do know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> is okay. it high performance habits? Yes. So he wrote that book. He recently, I just listened to him, him do a podcast interview. And if anyone doesn't know who he is, he interviewed, I can't remember how many, how many high performers there were, but he considers high performers like the 3% of the, out of 150 countries, he did 150 countries, CEOs, athletes, people who were just the top of their game and not necessarily in a monetary position, but just, they were high performers. They were at the peak of their, their lives. And a couple of things you said there that like really reminded me of him. He says, Oh, that makes me feel so happy that you're saying that. (laughs) You're like, shout out to Brandon Bouchard. That is a compliment. Thank you. (laughs) He says he makes his clients every 55 minutes, stand up, whatever they're doing. He's like, I've made people do it before in meetings. Everybody stands up. You close down your eyes because that resets the brain. It gives the, it gives the brain a chance to like take a breath and to like just reset itself. And then you do 10 deep, deep belly breath in and out of the nose, like in, out counts as one and you bounce lightly on the spot. And he goes, that just gives people enough energy. It gives them a chance from disengaging from all that blue light from phones, TVs, computers. And he's like, so he said he did that and people reported back that they had more energy, that they were able to go longer, that they felt physically better, that they felt more alert when they did go back. And he also, one of the big components that he came back with from all of his studies was that people always assume these high performers outwork everyone. They work harder, they work longer. And he said it is completely the opposite. They take more breaks. They get out of their work environment more than the average person does. And they come back happier, more willing to work, happier about it. And just like they're high performers for a reason. So yeah, I think what you're smarter. Yeah. So (laughs) awesome. I think that like really ticks all of those boxes, what you're doing with your um, students and clients. That's so awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I love, you know, speaking of like him and high performers, like I love listening to people who are like high performers because I just, I, as, as teachers and as people who are, you know, in this field, like we are setting an example for our students and I, I really love, you know, hearing about how high performers perform because they like set incredible examples for people. So I really like value when I get to listen to a podcast or an audiobook. And I've been doing a lot of that. And I've always really enjoyed that aspect of just kind of like feeding my brain with, you know, high performance habits. And, you know, I love watching you in your morning routine. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I recently started doing it. 
Yeah, it's uh, and you know what is so funny is that so many people have reached out to me and they're like, "Wow, like it's so nice to see that this is what you're doing." And I think there was a misconception for a very long time that like this took me like an hour to do. I'm like, "Oh my god, it like takes me ten minutes to yeah things. Like it takes me no time at all." Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for that. So shout out to you for being like Brendan Bouchard. And thank you for that little shout out. That was really nice. <laughs> so if anyone is, maybe they're an office worker, or maybe I think this is even applicable to somebody who drives very often for their for job. Sure. Do you have like three, they could be yoga poses or maybe breathing techniques that somebody can do right now to that they're, that they're an office worker and they can do to, you know, like reset their day or maybe get a little bit of yoga in? Yeah. So some of my favorite things to do, and even if I'm like <laughs> sitting at the computer for a long time, because I'll definitely do that, um, you know, working on emails or just putting together classes for my membership. Sometimes I like, this isn't necessarily a pose or anything, but it is literally pulling away from the computer or just pushing it away closing my eyes and taking three nice big deep breaths. Um, I will definitely do that. And that, like you said, resets your brain. So that's something somebody can do, even if they feel like they cannot move, if they're like on a conference call or something and they feel stuck, this is something that you can do like just kind of on your own quietly. But other things that you can do are like, even if you're sitting at the edge of the chair. So if you're kind of sunk back towards the back of your chair, you're already like not setting yourself up for success, for success here. So sit yourself up and get to the edge of your chair. You want to make sure that your feet are flat on the ground. Something like seated cat and dog. Usually we see this on the yoga mat in tabletop position, but just placing your hands onto your thighs and just tilting the tailbone forward. You'll feel the belly come forward, shoulders draw back, gazing up. And then on your exhale, tucking and rounding the tailbone, rounding through the spine and just gazing down. So kind of just tilting up and down, following that gaze, following your breath. Great way to warm up the spine and just kind of move it in a different direction. Um, and then something for like the hip. Uh, I get a lot of questions about hip stretches and what you can do for the hips. Doing like a figure four stretch. So feet flat on the mat or on the ground. Same thing if you're in a chair, crossing your right leg over your left so that you create that little triangle in between your legs. And then just easy pressing into that right hip. Um, you can even, you know, if you have flexible hips, you can even lean forward, press your right elbow into that right thigh or, you know, whatever leg is up. That's, those are just three things. And there are a plethora of things that you can try and do, but those are just three. Uh, I think I always like to incorporate whenever I get asked this question, just that breath question, because a lot of people don't expect that I'm going to say that. So I, so I say it. Um, and then the seated cat and dog. And then also that figure four stretch for the hips and for the glutes. Yeah. So good. Thank you for leaving our listeners with that. It's uh, <laughs> when I was working in corporate too, people would ask me like, what, what can I do? And it's funny because I'd go past somebody's office and I would see people doing like Eagle arms with like, because we were hunched that over so forward and you'd see people yeah. doing that and be like, yeah, that was my recommendation. <laughs> yep. Uh, or taking the hands behind the back, yeah. like opening up the chest. That's another one. That, that was going to be one of the ones I mentioned, but I got excited and forgot. I, so that's I know there's one. so many. <laughs> I was that like weird person. I'd be like at the, the copier and I'd be like doing lunges 
or you've been doing like quad stress and people be like, I'm not even going to ask like <laughs> what's going on. You look like you're in your element here. I'm like, well, like it, it, I had to get up and come to the copier. I might as well like move and find some movement. Yeah. Um, I was also that weird person too. And I tell everybody this, like I would get up if I was sitting down for an hour and I'd like walk the floor or I was also known as like taking the stairs every day at work like walking up and down at lunchtime (laughs) to the point like people would like actually be like oh no like she always takes the stairs like this is Megan she takes the stairs everywhere because yeah you sit in a desk all day and I think it's it's super under underrated how I think of how little people like can get exercise in like when you take a break from the computer, it does not mean going to the bathroom and like being on your phone. Like you're, you're just right. doing more blue light there. You're not taking a break. Like you're supposed to take right. a few minutes to yourself. And I would be like, walk is super underrated. It's not going to require you to, you know, get into gym clothes or anything. Like just, just take a walk. And sometimes that's all you need. Lunchtime, I was always walking either to grab something to eat or just around the block too. So I think there's like so many different tips and tricks that someone can do for working in an office or working in a computer all day. And your tips were amazing. I love the figure four suggestion. That's awesome. (laughs) So good for the hips, right? Oh, all the hip stuff. So (laughs) if anyone... You gave so many tips and tricks there too, which was amazing. But if anyone wanted to even start their yoga journey, so it doesn't even have to be at work, but like, I am just super interested in starting my yoga journey, Teresa, do you have a piece of advice of where I could start? Oh, well, I, I started at home. My yoga journey definitely started at home. And I mean, I took my very first class, like my first experience with yoga at a studio. But for the most part, like I know how expensive that can be for people. But gosh, the time that we live in, there is so much information at our fingertips. There is so many incredible yoga teachers with an online platform that are on YouTube that are giving out free classes. Um, So if anybody is looking to start their yoga journey, I would say start at home or start online or research yoga studios that you want to go to. If you don't want to, if you want to go to a yoga studio, but you don't want to go alone, drag a friend. (laughs) Like, I think it's just, it's just a matter of doing it. Sometimes it's not about how it's just doing it and trying anything, something online put yourself out there, go to a class by yourself. Like it is not the worst feeling in the world and you actually really might like it. And that way you can even set the tone that you don't need someone to go to yoga class with you and that you can just go by yourself. Um, I think that's kind of a part of starting a yoga practice is feeling, you know, a sense of confidence about starting it in general. I am a huge advocate for, you know, just putting yourself out there and trying new things because that's how you really begin anything is just simply doing it. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's so good. That's so true. And I always say to people too, because uh, I'm a big believer in online yoga as well. Like if that's how you get started, all the power to you. But in all honesty, if you go to a studio, like yoga people are the least judgmental people. I feel like if you're going to do anything, do it with yoga people. They don't care. They're yeah. just there to do their own thing. 
So, oh yeah, no, I, I, I know that for sure. <laughs> do you have any other like health or wellness tips or health and wellness tips or tricks that you swear by that have made a difference in your life? Uh, yeah, um, not so much physical stuff, but actually uh, going to therapy was like, I couldn't not say this, even though it's like, you know, somewhat personal. Um, I couldn't, when you asked me this question, I was like, there's no way I can't say this aspect because it's definitely been one of the biggest things I've ever done for myself in terms of my health and wellness physically. But, you know, when you help that aspect, it helps everything else. Like, you know, I feel like sometimes I want to go in bed and just think about my therapy session and, you know, reflect on it. And sometimes it makes me feel like I can like go out and run and work out. So I think um, asking for help is definitely one of the best things I've ever done uh, because there's some things, there's some like things that we just cannot carry on our own. And I love yoga, but I, I don't think, and I, I say this as a yoga teacher, as an honest one, I don't think it is the end all be all tool to make someone's life like perfect because one that doesn't even exist that idea of like a perfect life is not even a thing but two there's just you know we can get so much out of yoga but there is some such deep rooted things that um the practice can kind of pull out of us but then i feel like going and talking to somebody about that about what comes up is another it's a whole nother aspect to in my practice personally yeah, that's so good. Thank you so much for sharing that and being so open about sharing that. I think it's, I want to say we are getting better as a society about talking about mental health and asking for help. I think there's so much room for improvement, but I think as a whole, it's really nice to see people opening up, up about their mental health what they're getting help with. I mean, I was in therapy, gosh, it seems like forever at some points, but at that time in my life, it, it made a world of difference. And I don't think I would be where I am today without having that help behind me. Yeah, for sure. It, it, and that's why I, you know, if anybody asked me about it or just about like what else I do in my life to help, you know, or to just keep on with the positive, like health stuff is definitely therapy. Therapy has, it, it, I couldn't not, credit that it is so important um in general and you're right there is such a stigma behind it which is why I am getting more confident with saying it it's not something that I kind of announce but if somebody asks me questions about it or you know kind of like what you said there was even I remember one time I was in college and I just let it slip out I was talking to a girl and I was like oh my therapist just texted me like and I, I for a moment I like paused and I was like why did I say that <laughs> But then she looked at me and she was like, well, how does that, like, do you like talking to somebody? Like, I've always thought about it. Like, what are your experiences with it? And I was like, wow, yeah, like, yeah, like, I'll, of course I'll tell you about it. Like, of course, you know, I'll, I'll tell you my experience. And if I had never said that, she would have never asked and that would have never possibly opened the door for her. So that's why I kind of say it, I am very proud of it. So I'll, I'll say it. But there's always that little bit of hesitation because you're like, is this too much for somebody to hear? But I'm also like, who cares? <laughs> it's, yeah, honestly, who cares? It's going to resonate with someone and whoever it doesn't resonate with, like, they're not your people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's so good. I'm so happy to hear all of that. Is there anything else you want to leave our audience with, whether it's a benefit of doing corporate yoga, maybe why they should be getting more into it, maybe 
something in yoga you've learned or any other sort of tips or tricks that have helped you on your journey? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I like to tell any of my students is to just lower your expectations of the practice. It is a practice and it is about progress. It's not like one day you are the master of all things that is yoga. It's, it's really not like that at all. And um, I also like to tell students or anybody who's developing a yoga practice to just trust yourself. That's, I say that all the time in my class, you know, if somebody's uh, in a balancing pose and they're kind of wobbling, I'm like, trust yourself. You have this, like you got this, like just trust that you are doing the right thing. And even if every single pose doesn't feel perfect or doesn't look quote unquote perfect, that's, that's not what it's about. It's all, yoga is all about feeling and all about how you feel practicing it how it feels to go to practice and how you feel after. So just being open to the practice, trusting yourself and don't have any expectations. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I, and something I say to my students too all the time, it's like, maybe today is the day that you don't hit that pose and that's okay. Like the body is so incredible and sometimes it's tired too, or sometimes it feels really good and you do hit a pose and then you're sometimes disappointed when you can't hit that again. I have been working on my handstand for five freaking years, guys. And some <laughs> days it comes a lot more naturally. Other days I'm like just a hot mess doing it. But it's it's been finding like the joy in the journey too, I think, which is super important. And I think in a society where we expect gratification the moment we do something, yoga really teaches us that to slow down, I think to learn how to trust your body, to trust yourself, and to just honor where your mood is at, your energy is at, your body is at, like in that moment too. Yep, 100%. So Couldn't have so, said it better myself. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Well, before we direct people to you, if anybody's in your area and like want to do some corporate yoga, I have something which is called a speed round. So, Oh. <laughs> you're like, no, that wasn't in the questions. <laughs> so it's not necessarily how fast you can answer, but if you can answer in one word or one sentence, there's like a thousand percent a chance that I'll take you off on a tangent, but that's the point of the speed round. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Perfect. What is a podcast book or resource that has brought you value that you would recommend to our audience? You are a badass at making money by Jen Sincero. <laughs> Any of her yeah. books. Oh God, I know, right? <laughs> Maybe we can give her a shout out and she can come on the podcast too because she's oh. amazing. Her books are incredible. Yep. Yeah, so you're the second person who's mentioned her. So I thought there would be more to be honest, but I agree, her books are incredible. She's been on a few podcast interviews too. And I just like, I I'm so about her. She's a Jersey too. girl too, isn't she? I don't know. Maybe no. not. Her. I thought she like moved to California. Maybe. So that's yeah. why I'm not yes. totally sure. Oh man. Yeah. Her books. She is what I read her book. You are badass at making money. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to quit massage and like go full force into this online yoga business. Like yeah. that, that book, Jen said it. the course <laughs> I know I know after I read that book I'm like babe to like my husband I'm like this is what we're doing we are not compromising on this anymore <laughs> and I think there's like give and take but there are certain things that I'm like 
no, like I stand behind what she says in that. That book is awesome. Her first one too is awesome. So thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Who is your favorite influencer or person to look up to for inspiration? (laughs) This is going to be really funny, but um, Joe Rogan, actually. Yes. (laughs) He, um, I've been listening to him. I, I have been listening to him since, like, I mean, even the Fear Factor days, I kind of followed him because I was like, oh my God, he's so cute. But (laughs) Pretty much, he's, I started listening to his podcast when they were in, like, the 200s, wow. and now he's, like, into the, you know, 12, like, 1,200s, like, he's well into, and so deep into his podcast game, but, yeah, just the guests that he's had on are very inspiring, and just his attitude in general about a lot of things, uh, I think he's very much an outlier when it comes to, like, a person that's in the online sphere. And I've just, I like, I've learned so much from him. Like because of him, I learned about float centers. I worked at a float center. I met my boyfriend. I like, you know, it was like so many things I feel like have progressed because, and you know, my boyfriend listened to him. Like so many things have have progressed because I've always had him as a dialogue in my brain. And I know, (laughs) I don't know if anybody else has ever said that answer, but He's definitely like one of the people that I just, I could listen to him talk forever. Yeah, no, nobody else has mentioned him, but he is awesome. So I'm so glad you said that. Uh, Shout out to (laughs) Joe Rogan. Um, (laughs) Have us on your podcast. I know. (laughs) Just F, we are available. Uh, And he does like podcasting six or seven days a week, week, right? Like they're, every day he puts one out. Is that right? Almost. And sometimes, you know, they're anywhere from an hour to three hours long. Wow. So it's, it's, but it's so cool to see the course of people that have been on his show from, you know, his comedian friends to now like, you know, major politicians. It's like, it's, you know, scientists, it's crazy. Like, but I'm glad that he has this platform because he is able to sit down and have real conversations with people and people can listen to that and get a real picture of who someone is based on that conversation. I think Joe is very good at kind of maintaining a nice neutral space when speaking to somebody, but he's also like very smart. So he pulls that into that as well. So I recommend anybody listen to uh, his podcast. It's great. So good. So good. Thank you for sharing that Mm -hmm. one. What are you grateful for today? What am I grateful for today? What am I grateful for today? The cup of coffee I made this morning. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> does um, it, eh? I mean, that was it. You know, no, I, I was thinking I'm grateful for the fact that I am, I was like so sick uh, the last couple days and I'm just glad that I'm feeling better to the point where I feel like, you know, I'm going to be able to keep working out and nice. um, I've still been doing like yoga with Adrian. I'm on her 30 day, you know, yoga journey. So I'm doing that every day. Definitely had to modify so much. There were some days I would just lay on the yoga mat and listen to her talk. Cause I was like, I'm not moving I'm too yeah. sick, but I just, I did it. I, I consider it done. So yo- yoga, coffee, this conversation, so oh, much to be grateful yeah. for. Oh, love that. Love that. Also, a lot of shout outs in this episode. Shout out to yoga with Adrian. <laughs> I, I'm obsessed with her too. I always say, I'm like, I'm going to go down to Texas. She doesn't know it. We're actually best friends. She doesn't know it. 
but we are. So <laughs> love her. What is your spirit animal? Oh God. I don't know. A bunny, I guess. <laughs> oh, I feel like you would be a bunny. That's I'm like very, uh, like my boyfriend always calls me a baby, <laughs> but I'm very like, just, oh. I have a very soft and gentle side to me, but I, I'm also very like fiery and could probably like hop around and run around like a crazy person. <laughs> so I think and that's always what comes to mind when I think of a spirit animal is okay. a, a bunny. <laughs> and it's so, yeah, I love it. Finally, what is your favorite style of yoga to practice? My favorite style, it has to be like a mix of hatha and vinyasa. Okay. So I like movement, but I also like stillness. So I don't want to be like constantly moving throughout class, but I, I love the flow. The thing I've found that was, that's like been kind of challenging um, in my area is I don't, I feel like all the yoga studios that I go to like teach the same way, teach okay. either the same style or the exact same class. I know every yoga teacher is different. You know, I understand that, but I was going to a yoga studio for a long time, the one that closed down and he would just really like every class was different. There was no, I mean, there was of course structure and like flow, but I could expect something different every single time. And I just kind of miss that about yoga studios now. Cause I feel like it's a lot of kind of pumping out the same type of yoga teacher with the, I don't have a problem with, you know, any types of yoga, like Baptiste or whatever, but sometimes I just, I miss the, you know, originality of like just a yoga studio that didn't have a type that just kind of did it all. Yeah. So good. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. This has been such a fun conversation. I feel like you dropped so many tidbits about how to incorporate <laughs> yoga into the corporate space or into the office world, work world. Where can everybody go and find you if they want to practice with you online? Maybe they just want to stalk you a little bit online see what you're <laughs> up to or if anyone wants to get some corporate yoga with you in the jersey area all right so if you just want to follow me on social media which i understand who doesn't <laughs> my instagram is at workspace yogi so exactly like how it sounds uh i have a free copy of my digital ebook if anybody is interested in like more yoga for work and at home you can download my free ebook if you go to workspaceyogi.com, it'll bring you there. And then if you sign up for the free ebook, which who doesn't want free things, honestly, then it'll take you to a 30-day trial of my online yoga membership. You can use the code FREEYOGI, all caps, to try out my online yoga membership. And hey, say you don't use it, or you just find that maybe you like to go out for yoga more, you would just cancel before the 30 days is up. So essentially, there really is no risk. And then if you want to have corporate yoga in your office, if you are in the South Jersey, I will even travel to Philadelphia area. You can go to www.f and b as in boy wellness.com. That's my website for uh, my on or for my corporate website. It's got all my testimonials, all the good stuff with that. Um, but if you need to contact me and you don't want to do any of those things, but you have email, it's just workspaceyogi at gmail.com. Perfect. I will make sure everything is linked for you in the show notes. So if anyone is driving or if they're practicing their handstand, they can reach out to you just by following it in the show notes. Yeah. 
thank you so much for this conversation, Teresa. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on, Megan. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you give it a rating and review. It takes two moments of your time and really does make a difference in growing this community and showing support for the show. Make sure to stop by and say hi on social media. Take a screenshot of this episode, tag me, tag the guest, and hashtag the show, and share it out on your Instagram stories so that we can share it out on ours, and I will slide into your DMs to say hello. Until next Monday, everyone, I will see you then. Namaste.